consider yourself normal, then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals Show. The Weird Mountain Gals. Knocking on heaven's door when you did that, I started singing to myself. That's another good one. Uh, is that that's another good one? Is that okay? So I know Guns and Roses did that one, but was the, were they redoing it, or was it a song by somebody else before Guns and Roses did it? Oh, I think so, but I also think I'm not going to be able to call who it was. Yeah, Sorry. me neither. I can almost hear it in my mind though. So, and I know if I heard the first few little bits of it, I'd probably know, but whatever. We have more important things to talk about, don't we, than, than my we, bad we, memory for songs. We do, but I want to, since we're talking about songs, I want to talk about and give a shout out to that beautiful song that you posted online that your group did. And did Selby oh. write that? Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Selby, what a great job. Oh, I'm going to tell him. Beautiful. It'll be really Oh, thank you. Well, that was actually just, um, believe it or not, that's our practice. Run. No, no, I, yeah, I believe it. I believe uh, it. That's something that we, he put together that the rest of us get it, and then we practice our part with it. Yeah. Because we can't get together as often as we should or as often as we want to. And we do yeah. have a, at least one or two gigs coming up uh, yes. in March. Yeah. Oh, so. that's wonderful. And now yeah. it's February. Can you believe it? Oh, don't freak me out. But yes, I can believe it. It's everybody's birthday this week. It, was, <laughs> it is. It was Mindy's birthday yesterday. Uh, it's Jay's birthday tomorrow. Dan Dan's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, y'all. It's my Aunt Sandy's birthday the day after that. Happy birthday, oh Sandy. Oh, my God. It's like everybody's birthday. I could keep going on and on and on. You are covered up with Aquarians. That's so yeah. fun. And Capricorns. Yes. January is also very busy. Mom's birthday, dad's birthday, uh, uh, Randy's birthday, everybody's birthday, Edwin's birthday, all my friends. That's so funny. Like you're you're covered up with Capricorns the way I'm covered up with Tauruses. Because my mom was a Taurus, my husband's a Taurus, my daughter's a Taurus. Really? While she was engaged to a man who was a Taurus, it was like, I'm surrounded by bulls. Well, I'm a Taurus. I know. <laughs> I and know. I, I have no uh, no Tauruses in my life at all. None. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 Just Capricorns and, and Aquarius. And also, while I'm sitting in my living room talking to you, I'm looking over here and seeing Christmas presents, or as I call them, solstice gifts <laughs> for you <laughs> and the yard man. And they're oh. just sitting here. With their attractive red and green papers sticking out of them. <laughs> Get out of my brain because I'm looking over here to the left. 
right beside the and I'm like, I need to get that over there too. I know. We've got to do it, but I swear I've been I have been so busy and this week has just been I'm telling you one thing after another, and sorry if this is too much information, y'all, but I started out clear I cleared the decks on last uh Saturday and Sunday. I started clearing the decks and battening down the hatches because I knew this week was going to be hard. I had gone in to have my, um, you know, my wellness visit with my GP last week. And I am very well, as they say, very well. Um, But I showed him a mole I had on my elbow and he looked at it and he's such a jovial fellow. I just love him. And he, but he looked at that and his face got serious and he said, we need to take that off. And I said, well, uh, okay. So I made the appointment for Monday of this week. So on Monday, him? Monday, pardon? with him or with a different, yeah, dog? with him. No, no, he, he, he can do it. He does that sort of thing. Wow. Okay. So I went in Monday and he took off this mole and, you know, now it goes to the lab and they decide blah, blah, blah. Uh, took off his mole and gave me three stitches. That was Monday. Oh, huh? Then uh, yesterday, I was preparing for today's big event, which (laughs) was a colonoscopy. So all day yesterday, I was eating beef, drinking beef broth, and I could have any kind of clear liquids, but I was just do broth because it's got at least some nutritional value instead of drinking 7-Up all day. Yeah. Um, and then That's at five o'clock, yeah, at five o'clock, I started drinking, you know, that wonderful elixir that they give you. So uh, mm-hmm. I had that this morning early, very early. I was up at three and out of the out of the place at uh, by eight thirty. So it, wow, it was quick. It was quick, and it all all is well. No one needs to worry. All is well. <laughs> um, and then tomorrow, I go to have my prosthetic. Uh, tooth thing done at 11.30, and then I've got a big old meeting tomorrow night. And you know what I'm going to do on Friday? Not a, damn no. not a damn thing if I can help it. I would, I would start, no, I mean, yeah, no, you deserve a little bit of rest because you've also been burning the midnight oil riding, haven't you? Oh, I wish I'd been burning more of the midnight oil, but yes, I'm already up to chapter three in my new book. I I tell you what, I'm already, and I mean this sincerely, I'm already fascinated with your subject matter just by the title of the book. Well, and I think we've told everybody, but we'll tell them again. Um, I've signed a contract with Llewellyn Worldwide Publishing. Mm-hmm. to do uh, a goddess spirituality book that is called feral church mm-hmm. finding finding the goddess in the wilderness i just and it, it, it is about the wilderness in the world it is about the wilderness the ethical wilderness we walk in now and it's about our own personal wildernesses wildernesses is that a word it's better than wilderness wilderness yeah so it's uh, it's going to be dark and yeah. dark in a in a womb like way and and just to remind people if you get too comfortable you maybe ain't on the spiritual path you should be on <laughs> yeah traditionally speaking 
the and and it works in with most everybody's religion too that we we need to evolve we need to be better people we need to to work on ourselves and that's one of the great spiritual traditions you're a seeker or you're you know or you're taking a rest from seeking that's why i look at it. yeah which <laughs> you can do that people can do that and there's, there's that wonderful, it, like, I guess it's a meme that is around these days that they 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 sought to bury us, but they didn't realize we were seeds. <laughs> and I, I talk a lot about what that, that means to go into the darkness and into the womb and into the earth and how it is we, we, we uh, look for and are strengthened by uh, endarkenment as much as enlightenment. Yeah. So that's what, yeah, that's what I'm writing on right now. Oh, it's so fascinating. I cannot uh, wait. You. I seriously thank can't you. wait. <laughs> You've had a subject matter that's uh, eclectic is a nice, you know, way to put it. It's It's gone from here to here to here to here. And every everything that you've written is kind of, you can, you can see the evolving of Byron. I think so, sense? too. No, yeah. I think that's exactly right that you can see my very first books are very simple and clear about Appalachian folkways. And then I I dove into diet and health and how you loving your body's important. <clears throat> and it just yeah, it's it's my my um uh, my own personal, I guess, evolution through my s- spiritual physical self. So, yeah, I think people can see that and this book is a direct outgrowth of the book I did for Wiser uh, last year before last. Um, that was all about tending the hearth and home, mm-hmm. seasons of a magical life. Yeah. And this is about leaving all of that behind and going out into the wild. Yeah. And being the magical yeah. life liver. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm up to. And I've Dang. got a couple of other, I'm doing a short piece in a book on a Pisces witches. They're doing a series at Llewellyn about different astrological things with different kinds of witches. I'm doing a little short piece for that. I think that comes out next year too. And then I've got a, I'm in a big U S folklore compendium that comes out, I think sometime this year. I don't, I don't even know anymore. They just say right, and I write, and I send it to them, and I hope <laughs> I get a check. <laughs> and you got, to, and you get to be that writer. You see, that writer that you've always yeah. wanted to be. Uh, and it's so funny. I was, and my maybe it was you. I was talking to. I was saying I'm so tired, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I said, but it is exactly the life I want. So I really, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm complaining, but I'm not really complaining. Yeah. No, I think it was me. If, yeah. if I remember that, well, yeah, and you are so I'm suited for it. Yeah. Well, you're suited for it. It takes a certain amount of gumption, I would think. No, oh, I love that. Much. What a good old fashioned word, gumption. Well, I I would think that that's what it would take to kind of reveal yourself to the world through your writing, and it, so not not everybody is able to do that. And not everybody would want to do that. And so it takes a certain amount of it. And I'm so glad that you write the way that you do. Oh, thank you. 
Uh, yeah, it's a weird thing because because writing itself is a pretty solitary practice. But then once you write the book, your publisher expects you to get your butt out there and tell everybody about it and sell a bunch of books. Well, you so, do not both do, of you. you don't do things by the book, though, and you never have. Oh, no, I never have. Yeah, and sometimes I think it you have to work harder because of it, but you get to to do that thing that nobody gets to do which is you get to do things your own way is I get to be free. Yep. <laughs> as, as, as free as is possible. In yeah. Today's world. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom is important to me. It always has been. Quality of life is, is everything. Quality of life is everything. And you need to have that freedom. Yeah. You know, you've always thought you've always been on the side of the folks who have fought for this country. You've been a veterans advocate. You're, Absolutely, I have. I come from a family of my my daddy was in the army. Uh, one granddaddy was in the navy. Another granddaddy was in the army. Great granddaddy's mostly an army family. Little <laughs> every once in a while there'll be a navy. There'll be a sailor that sneaks in. Yeah, yeah. But mostly it's a proud. We're proud army family. Oh, yeah. My dad was in uh, North Africa and Italy during the Second World War. Oh, wow. And my, and my brother was very briefly in the Army till uh, they figured out he had some kind of weird in, inner ear thing. And oh, when, he got into a, when he got into a tank, he couldn't figure out what was up and what was down. Oh, wow. He didn't have that thing in his ear. And uh, I think they were afraid he was going to flip some tanks. So they sent him home. Oh, wow. But he was briefly in the Army. Uh, my family, they're kind of Navy people. That's what I've noticed. I don't recall any of them have served in any branch other than the Navy. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. You my grandpa, that way in family. Yeah, I guess so. My grandpa was in the Seabees, the Navy Seabees. Oh, how cool. Yeah. It, it is. I didn't know what it meant. I had to, after he died, I, I wanted to know everything about him. You, you know, while he was alive, I took all that for granted. Then when he died, I wanted to find out about him because I started hearing all this just wild stuff about him. Mostly came out at his funeral. You know, people stood up. And, <laughs> Isn't that the way of it, though? Wow, it was incredible. There were people who were lined up outside of the home, the funeral home, because couldn't get them all inside. And yep. they told story. That happened with my uncle, too, when he died. They told stories about there was this time, you know, and... It it was the longest funeral I've ever been to. It was. And it was kind of a learning experience. There were people all over that town, all over that region, who had stories to tell about my grandpa. And it made me real <laughs> seriously and made me very curious. I and then bet. I had one photograph of him in the Navy and he was he looked like a uh, he looked like a silver screen movie star. Ooh. He was kind of leaned back and he had a motorcycle with him. And oh it my his, gosh. It was his Cherokee motorcycle. It had a, a square gas tank. Mm -hmm. he, he was obviously somewhere, you know, not in this country. And I'd love to I'd love to know a little bit more about that picture. I'm gonna I'll try and find it and see if I if I've learned anything since then. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, to me, he was my grandpa who always wore polyester pants, and 
he generally wore a, a coat jacket if it wasn't too hot. And he always mm -hmm. wore a button up, you know, button up shirt, which I think I've mentioned before. He had to keep his sleeves down because he had a tattoo on his forearm. And you couldn't do <laughs> that in, in the politics. Name. Yeah. Is but it would look like it was the bust of Beethoven, is what it looked like to me. I have huh. no idea what it actually was. He he wasn't attacked by a Lutheran tattoo artist, was he? Because <laughs> sometimes that bust of Beethoven really is Martin Luther. You don't oh, know? He I might have, have to check. He, he might have got drunk with a bunch of Lutherans and he lost, <laughs> lost a bit. <laughs> Mary did had Martin Luther right there on his arm. I I'll love the idea. Check. I That's love the idea of that. I'm gonna tell David Eck to listen to this uh, to this <laughs> podcast and say we were talking about a a gang of drunk hooligan Lutherans, Seabees, Navy men. Yeah. That's right. Getting and <laughs> losing bets with other sailors and having okay. to get a damn tattoo of Martin Luther on their arm. Hell which, yes. Which could mess with their political career back then, and it did. So he kept his sleeve <laughs> down. I guess. I guess if it was a hula girl, that would have been worse, though. I wonder what oh, it was. I don't know. I would like. I guess I'll ask my mother now that I'm thinking about it. She yeah. might. Know. She I might bet know. she knows. I bet there was just. It was the talk of the town. Anytime somebody got a glimpse of it. I guess. Now you know he he worked as a line. He started out working TVA, right? And uh -huh. he moved on and became a lineman for the county. He was a lineman, lineman for the county. <laughs> yep. And and so he would, you know, did that. And then eventually he went into business with my other, with my great uncle. And they've created a little phone company. And it was called, uh, I think it was called Net. I don't know. Never mind. I don't know what it was called. But but I know Sounds that. Like you're, you're about to say Nana Hala. I about did, but I can't swear that that's what it was called. But I do know that it was easier to remember numbers and that all the folks that I called, I never had to use seven digits. I certainly didn't have to use an area code. Back right. then, all of Western North Carolina was 704, which that's it's right. not anymore. But uh, so 704 was kind of assumed. And if you didn't use the the first three or the next three, which in Robbinsville, it would have been four, seven, nine. You didn't have to do that. You could just say two, two, eight, three, and it sends you on to that person's house or two, five, eight, three, and it would send you to that person's house. And uh, I like that. And then when when they got older, uh, Bell South bought the phone company and and then all that changed. Everything changed after that. Yeah. But yeah. In, in a way, I didn't mind that either because they had a bunch of equipment downstairs in the basement. They had uh, they had a switchboard and all these like wires and just stuff like that. And it was so fun to play down there. I oh, bet. They had to have these headphones and microphones and you know, you could go down there and you could be the switchboard operator. Or in my case, I would be the air traffic controller. Quite often. <laughs> Ooh. Don't tell me an Air Force girl in a Navy family. 
evidently I didn't have any boundaries. Even back then, I didn't care about stuff. Well, but you could be the air traffic controller on the big battleship where the where the planes come in. That's true, but my mind didn't go there. Uh, of course not. <laughs> I always played, and it would always have something to do with travel. I remember, you know, those swing sets that would have, uh, well, they'd still have them today. It'd be like a metal swing set. And one side of the swing set would have this little thing that was like a chair that two people could sit on uh -huh. facing each other yeah. and swing that way. Yeah. I would, I would play on that for hours and hours and hours. And I, if I would get my little brother to come up sometimes and he would be my passenger. And I would fly to all these places in the world. And, I'd take him, and then he'd get off the plane and we'd look around a little bit and pick something up and bring it back as a souvenir. And we'd fly back and I'd drop him off, you know. And that was I love that. I, man, that's all I, I love that. That was what I did. <laughs> that is great. Oh here is the here's something interesting. Okay. That uh, Joe and I were just talking about, we've got one of those old swing sets in the backyard oh, that was our daughter's, oh, cool. you know, 25 yeah. years ago, a little bit less than that, but, and it's just back there. And, and, you know, nobody, nobody has those anymore. Those big old metal ones. And right. they just don't, they have those. The best ones. Yeah. All that stuff. And we were just now like two hours ago talking about, what we were going to do with that? Did we want to make it into a greenhouse? What we're we going to do with it? Isn't that funny? Yeah, it is. That would be an interesting frame for a greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. No joke. It would. Uh, yeah. And of course, you don't like to plant things, climbing things because of what they do to your garden. Well, I would, yeah, it would, I would plant climbing beans, like uh, scarlet runner beans could go on there or, oh, um, yeah. Moonflowers. Well, or, that's a good idea. There's all, there's all kinds of climbing things that are not morning glories. Thank <laughs> or honeysuckle. Or English or ivy. Yes, none of those. Thank you. Yeah. Thank well, you very much. Well, I am going to go um, to the Hopi store for the first time, hopefully tomorrow. Which one are you going to? The one on Fairview Road or the one out uh, Swananoa? Probably Fairview Road. Yeah. I was closer. Is that the one that you go to? Yeah. I, I'm interested. I really am. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a place that I would enjoy shopping at. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's hit and miss for me because sometimes we will fill a buggy up with stuff. Yeah. And other times, like the last time we were there, we mostly just got wine because they've got really good wine for us. <laughs> do they? Okay. Well, uh, do you, you don't drink? I don't know. Do you ever shop at Trader Joe's? No, God, no. I, I don't know that I've ever been to Trader Joe's either, but I've had some of their candy. I had our fiddle player used to bring her that candy from Trader Joe's because she lived real close and shopped there. That's, uh, um, that's an interesting I used to take, too. you know, our friend Antigua, the only time mm -hmm. I was ever in Trader Joe's, there was some cheese that she liked there and something else and sometimes i would take her to trader joe's to do what she had to do but yeah. i've never been there to shop on my own never hmm. that was interesting well we've got well, a lot I mean, of options I took, yeah i took her and they just didn't seem to be anything there that that i 
you know, that I particularly was interested in. Mm -hmm. I do shop sometimes across the street from there at the Harris Teeter. Do you? Uh-huh. Every once oh, in a while. Are you going to, you know, we've got some cold weather coming in this weekend. And I don't know if it's going to be any kind of snow. I don't think it is. Um, but it's going to be cold. And I think I'm going to make me a big pot of chicken noodle soup this weekend. Or oh, maybe just chicken of, and vegetable. That sounds yummy. I got a pot of beans on the stove right now. Yeah. Oh, hey, we got the, the food part of this out of the way. <laughs> it is never out of the way. No, I tell you, after not eating for whatever that was, and they tell you now when you're going to have one of these procedures that for the like three or four days ahead of the procedure, you should eat low residue food. Right. Which means nothing with any peeling on it and you know, like no corn, no nuts, no all these things that I eat a lot of. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, I've been, I've been paring down my food now for about five days. Wow. And I, I, this morning I was like, oh boy, I'm going to be able to eat when I get home. And in fact, they asked me, they said, well, what are you going to have for breakfast? And, and I said, you know, I'm probably going to have what I always have, which is a little bowl of oatmeal <laughs> and maybe a piece of toast to go with it. But I'm not going to, I mean, my stomach has been not taking a lot in for about five days and I'm not mm -hmm. going to go you know, go out to the Moose Cafe and have biscuits and gravy and sausage and bacon. I'm just not doing that. I'm not going to do that in my stomach. So yeah, I've been very delicate with it. I just had a little low-carb tortilla with oh. some cheese melted on it. That was Oh, good. look at you. Very smart. While I'm sitting here eating a high-carb navel orange. But, yeah, uh, but it's got a ton of fiber in it. It does, and you get them one time a year. Yeah, right now. Yeah, and my blood sugar can definitely handle it. I just checked my blood sugar. It was 84. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, you should be eating that. Yeah, so I'm good. I'll do that and have a sip of a protein drink, and it's like that. that is good. And plus, I get the the smell and the taste of this really um, good. So exotic. Mm -hmm. I love them. I really do. And I like the white part on them, which most people don't like. But I love. Oh, I the like white. that too. I I like it all. Do you? If I if I could be sure it wasn't sprayed with something that was going to kill me, I might even just eat the peel. I don't know. I, I might candy. Know. I could candy the peel. That you be can. Good. Yes, you can. And I've had them, and they are good. They um, are good. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know what it is about a good orange, but there is something about it that I crave every now and then, and I go with it if my blood sugar will let me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm that way about peaches, and some years oh, I cannot yeah. find I cannot find a decent peach. They mm. got packed, they got picked and packed and shipped to green, and they never will get all the way ripe. Even if you put them in a paper bag, mm. leave them on mm. the counter, all that stuff. And then there's some years when you can't get a bad peach. Mm -hmm. Every peach everywhere is delicious. It is sweet and juicy, and and in those years, I just mm -hmm. eat peaches till they run out my ears. I uh, love peaches. Moving to the country, uh, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. peaches. <laughs> do you do you remember that song? I do. It was by so, a, a band called the Presidents of the United States. That's and right. And that was like the song. only song that they ever did that anybody knew, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and it was a good one. It was stupid, oh. but a good one. So, um, oh, right. a lot of good songs are stupid. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that not that be, one. That not could that be an episode. Name yeah. the stupid stupid song. Yeah. Oh, we could sing them too. Singing <laughs> stupid songs episode. <laughs> So uh, that last chat, we talked about everything that we didn't plan on talking about. So is that is that really any different than the way we do it? No, it's tradition. Tradition. It really um, oh, and and they all know all all these fine people that listen to us. God help them. <laughs> they know that it, inevitably we will say now uh, during the pre-show. Alicia and I were talking about doing, and we just never, ever do it. Hardly, hardly ever. You know, it's, it's my fault as much as yours. Well, it's our collective fault. Yes, it is. Most definitely. We I don't. start out with good intentions. Well, you know what road is paved with those. I knew you were going to say that. I did. And it yeah. is not the road to Beverly Hills. Or maybe it is. No. I don't know. It's really not the road to Beverly Hills. <laughs> um, unless, well, no, it could be, depending. Like, for me, I would hate to live in Beverly Hills. Wouldn't you? Well, that depends. Are you talking about in East Asheville, Beverly Hills? Because that ain't so bad. Well, no, I was, thinking about the, nice. <laughs> I was thinking about the California version of it. Yeah. Where it's, you know, all about status and money and and you live real close together and all that stuff. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's downtown Asheville anymore. <laughs> this is, I mean, seriously, isn't it? That's the very definition of gentrification. Oh, my God. We can't start talking about that or we never will talk about Emolk. That's an okay. So, let me let me clear get one question out of the way. Yes, ma'am. Is it and because you're the, the uh, going to be the authority on this? Oh, I, no. Yes, I do not pronounce the B. It, the B is silent when I say it. Correct. But I've been corrected more than once about it because the B is there and I'm told. To by who? Well, by, by who? Various people. You know. do, are those, do any of those various people speak Gaelic? No. I have no idea. <laughs> no, they do not. Well, and to, and to be fair, the dialect of Gaelic that I learned and that I badly speak is the Ulster dialect. So it's that harsh kind of northern, no, it's that northern kind of harsh sounding dialect. Okay. And it is pronounced without the B. Emok. And um, and that's just the truth of it. And I, we'd have to talk to speakers who speak the other dialects, Munster and Connaught and all those. Because it may be that somewhere it is pronounced with the B, but I would bet you money right now. I'd bet you a twenty dollar bill right now. Any of the people that co that corrected you mm -hmm. don't speak Gaelic. Now they don't well, go as far as to call it call the October festival Sam Hain, <laughs> but well, and and here's here's a a rationale you can use for that. So in Scots Gaelic. That this same holiday that we are celebrating today, hallelujah, is called Oil Milk. And it is spelled colloquially 
O-I-M-E-L-C or K, oil milk. Okay. And when I was coming up, it was oil milk in Scotland and then a sister festival similar to it called M. Volk in Ireland. Hmm. Okay. But if you take away the B sound from emilk, it sounds just like oil milk. Oil milk, emilk. Oil milk, emilk. Oil milk, emilk. And you realize then that it's just a dialectical difference between those two words. Right. They're not right. different words. They're not different festivals. Mm-hmm. So anybody that corrects you on that, uh-huh. you send their glad ass to me. Ah. <laughs> well, I doubt it'll be anybody anymore because it was mostly people I would run into, you know, at, at the, the shop, shop or something. Uh huh. <laughs> I re- I remember. Um, I re- and I hope that again at some point your schedule opens up and and you're able to do some workshops again. I remember the one that you did uh, about Bridget. At remember that. Oh, yeah. I yeah, do one but, just about every year. Yeah. And uh, I remember making the Bridget's wheel. Mm-hmm. And be, I was proud to have that in my car. Now, it has deteriorated <laughs> since then. <laughs> so is there is there a code, you know, with flags, there's a respectful, correct way to dispose of one. Is that the same is there something like that with these, uh, with the body wheel? <laughs> I didn't understand what you were saying at first. Um, here's what I would do is I'd put it in a fire. Next time you're sitting around a mm-hmm. campfire or a bonfire or something, just put it in there. That's what I thought you were going to say too. So yeah, just don't be disrespectful about stuff. But, no, I mean, that's always yeah. a good idea. And for those of you who may want directions on how to make one of those, if you go to my Facebook page, my personal page, you have to scroll down a little bit, but I've got a series of photographs that show you how to make a Bridget's mm-hmm. wheel, which is also called a Bridget's cross out of corn mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it's what a good activity. If you, if you had a child and you were trying to mm-hmm. kind of introduce them to things, what a good you activity. Know, all, all this stuff that is child related i did with my daughter 30 years ago 25 years ago whatever did you? <laughs> yeah, uh, in fact yesterday i made um one of the traditions of emil is that uh bridie which is another name for bridget that on the the evening before emil and i celebrate emil because a three-day festival that started right. on tuesday night at sundown is when it started. This right. you know, this week. Y'all it it was yesterday, but y'all are hearing this in the future. So Tuesday night. And she travels the world with her cow and she just bestows blessings on people. And she comes to your house and you will see her foot foot if you left some ashes on the hearth. You might see her footprints in those ashes. <laughs> and she's come to bless the house. Well, the the thing to show your hospitality, which is very important in any of those uh, Gaelic traditions, you would create a little 
little bed for her to rest on. And she's apparently a, a being that can go from regular size to tiny size to giant. So mm-hmm. you just make a little bitty bed. You don't have to like pull out the trundle bed or anything. And um, and you and you give her um, something like you do for Santa Claus. You leave her a little drop of Irish whiskey, which is what I leave for Santa Claus. <laughs> and I uh, then I leave, but I but I leave something else for La Bifana. It's like all these things, all these wonderful spirit creatures come to my house, and I have a different drink for all of them and a different snack. <laughs> so I made this little bed, and y'all, I'll put it on the uh, Weird Mountain Gals Facebook page. Made a little bitty bed out of a basket that my friend Sarah gave me. And I put on it a little heart-shaped cookie for her. So I made a little bed for her. And uh, I put a cookie on it and a little chocolate on the pillow, little tiny pillow, little tiny chocolate. <laughs> and then I had a bowl of oats for her cow, which is traditional, and, um, and a little tot of uh, Irish whiskey for her. And that's what you do. You leave her a little snack and a little place to rest her head, and she blesses your house. And she will bless your house whether you leave her anything or not. That's not – it's not a quid pro quo. I ain't blessing <laughs> your damn house unless I got some Irish whiskey right here. <laughs> so, you, so you do that because you love her and you want her to be comfortable as she's traveling. Um, and then also the night before, which was last night, and I did it, you, you take – what's called the rot and that's spelled b-h-r-a-t and it uh it's a it's a kind of shawl or a scarf that you put out and it it gets the blessing of the dew on emmelt morning and it is good for head it's it is allegedly good for headaches and and vision troubles and eye troubles and stuff like that and you just keep that with you all year long Mm-hmm. I have for many years now put out plain white muslin cloth and then I take half of it and I tear it up into those little prayer flags called cluties mm-hmm. and then I keep the other for the traditional healing pieces. Mm-hmm. So I did that, brought that in this morning. Um, so there's, it is, it's one of those holidays that is just, it's designed for young'uns. It really is. And there's all sorts of fun things you can cook and do together. And like you had mentioned before, there's the Bridget's wheel, which is also sometimes called a Bridget's cross. I distinguish it this way because I think all y'all know I'm preaching to the choir now that Bridget started as this as this as a goddess. And then when the uh, when the Catholic Church came into Ireland and Scotland and into Europe, wherever Bridget was, she she magically became a saint rather than a goddess, but they kept most of her stuff, you know, most of her traditional right. stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, some of the stuff associated with the saint, one of the things is the Bridget's cross, which, I mean, it's a, it's a solar cross, you know, it looks like a cross, but um, most people that attend to Bridget as a, as a goddess refer to that as a wheel because it's a, a solar wheel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I call it the wheel. Some people call it a cross. I had some sweet young thing, you know, some, these sweet young things are always trying to educate me because I'm <laughs> old and I can't possibly know nothing at all. <laughs> so they're always trying to educate me and they were, 
she was very carefully explaining that it's it's called a Bridget's cross because that's what Bridget was crucified on. Oh, I know. And I just said, honey, I don't I don't even know where to start with that with you. Mm. So I sat her down and told her some long winded Bridget stories. And I think by the end of it, she's very tired of hearing me talk. Wow. Uh, but she went away with a little bit laying down the bridey lore, I guess. Can I can I, I know. Uh, do you know what I'm I've done or doing with mine? My bra- my prayer wheel, not my not the Bridget's cross, but the prayer wheel. That's how far behind I am. I'm still processing what you've said. I'm still back there on the prayer cloth. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, well, the prayer cloth. Well, let's go back to that because I mean it's something I love to talk to people about. You know, people love those beautiful, bright colored Buddhist prayer flags. They love them, mm-hmm. and they, they yeah, I see them on people's porches. I see them in their ritual rooms. Oh yeah. And, I would bet you, I mean, I'm obviously in a betting mood today. I should go check out the track. Yeah. Um, Buy a lottery ticket. An awful lot of the people who have those up are not Buddhist in any real sense. No. They have them because they love the idea of having their prayers out and so that they can look at it rather than, you know, like sitting down on or getting down on your knees and folding your hands and saying, Dear Heavenly Father, they can look up that beautiful rainbow of colors and go oh there are my prayers mm-hmm. they're out right where everybody can see them so I, i'm praying them all the time i get all that but they know my values yeah exactly but for western european people of western european descent which a lot of us are um we have our own kind of prayer flags and they're called cluties and i spell that c-l-o-u-t-i-e Yes, is the plural cluties. It and looks I, like I always always called it a, cl- a cloudy because of the way it was spelled. Well, and Not some people do. Some people do call it a cloudy. Well, I just um, had never heard anybody say it until I met you. I think you're the first person I ever heard. They are actually spoke it. And I'm one of the free, few people you probably ever heard of that actually does it. Yeah. So uh, a cloudy is a little strip of cloth that you put your prayers into and then you tie it. Traditionally it was tied over a holy well. And when the cloth rotted and the the cludy fell off the branch, then it was believed that the prayer was then answered. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's a nasty thing to do to a holy well, but we have to believe or assume that back in the day, these holy wells were attended by the people all around it, whose property was all around it. So there would often be people at the well to draw water. And so if your cludy fell in, your, you know, your cousin on your mama's side would be there drawing water and she'd pull it out and put it on the bank and it would just rot into the soil right? because Mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was made of a a rotting kind of fabric. But what's happened now with that is that human beings are stupid And they are selfish and they are pigs and they are stupid. And you may quote me on that or create a T-shirt with that quote. (laughs) Um, And so now they will they will come to pray to Holywell and they will tie something on that is not biodegradable. So they'll tie, you know, it'll be a little plastic tie or, you know, a you know, grandpa's polyester pants cut up as a tie. And they're missing the point. The point. Yeah. It has to rot. It has to 
come into contact with nature and become one with nature mm -hmm. so that the healing is affected. Mm -hmm. Because if you just tie some polyester rag on a tree, it's going to be there. The tree will die with that damn rag on it. Most likely. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, And so now people around Holy Wells are mad because these damn tourists come in. And it's not just tourists, but tourists come in and they tie some polyester rag on there or, you know, part of a plastic bag from Tesco. And and it just looks trashy, and it is trashy because people are trash, and it's messing up everything. But mm -hmm. that's a, also mm -hmm. another show. <laughs> when, when it comes to the prayer cloth that you yeah. put outside, mm -hmm. when you were talking about associated with eyes, uh, you, it, do you call that a prayer cloth? No, I call it, it including. And it later becomes. I called it right. Okay. Oh, the thing that I wait a minute. The thing that I put outside to get the Bridget healing on it. Yes. That's called the Vrat. B h r h. It looks like brat. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. That's like bratwurst. <laughs> For the yes, it's like bratwurst. <laughs> With an A. Oh no, it's a whole it's a whole different linguistic family. What are we going to do now? <laughs> I know. Well, um, so, so that can and is and i i anyway i don't know if anybody else does use it as an altar cloth yes absolutely for, you could yep for to ask for clear sight clear mm -hmm. vision and you yep. know clarity on issues magic issues and yep. uh, at, at some point though you're done with that one uh, do you fold it up and put it in the drawer for next time or do you respectfully get destroy that one too how do you I mean, how well, that was a, that's a really good question. I think um, I think back in the day, in the folkloric past, which where this stuff originated, yeah, people probably did not have just a hunk of fabric that they could use. Right. And what was traditionally put out was a shawl, so that your shawl that you wear all the time would be put out to get the extra juicy Bridget goodness of healing on it. Yeah. And then you'd be wearing that same shawl when you went to visit your mama and she said, oh, I'm, my eyes are all roomy. I can't hardly see out of them. And you just whip your shawl off and roll it up and maybe put it around your mama's eyes and pray over or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, we, we live in a different world now. So if you had um, something that you always bring with you when you do healing work, that would yeah. be the thing you would put out to absorb the extra juicy Bridget healing of Emil. Um, but if you, you know, you could use it just as an altar cloth forever. If it was pretty, you know, you used to put that out something pretty and then okay. just use it as your altar cloth and okay. maybe put it out every year and go, anytime I feel like I need clarity, I'm going to knock everything off my altar and dust it all off and put this cloth on it and see what happens. Got it. That's okay. what I do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever destroy it. I mean, uh, unless it got a little raggedy, and then I'd burn it. I mean, that's <laughs> that's just my my choice for things. You know, if you're getting rid of something that, could, that's well, sacred that way, so you just you know you burn it. Yeah. Well, you could turn it into twenty five cluties, right? Absolutely, you could. Yeah. Yeah. Or turn it into a hundred scapulars, whatever the whatever the pagan. Yeah, the little the little tiny piece. It's like a little tiny piece of cluie. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the scapular. Mm -hmm. Ca yeah. A Catholic would wear. Uh, wool on a scapula would be their yeah. 
you know, cloth and they attach it with a cotton cord around your neck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a, like a sign of devotion. Yeah. But in the case of, of uh, Bridget, it could be both devotion and also to help with my eyes. Help me see yeah. kind of thing. Absolutely. So, you know, I was, and, and she is so well known for healing. I mean, she, Bridget does everything. She is the all-purpose. You name it, she does it. Uh, goddess yeah. and saint. Oh, yeah. But She's she, one of the um, personalities around the cottage is Bridget. That's what. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. We used to have a, a Bridget altar set up to her all the time. Did you? Um. Yeah, it was where that big old china closet is now. That was a Bridget altar. I yeah. I might vaguely remember that. I might. Yeah, it's been that's been that's maybe. been years back now. Yeah, maybe I don't, but I I vaguely remember something there. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Because she is considered, you know, a, a, a matron of healing, of the healing arts. Mm -hmm. It's um, if you go to her, her holy well in Kildare, which is her Irish seat. And let me also say that today is the first Imolk that is a national holiday in Ireland. First oh, one. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yep. This right. year, it's a, it's a big deal. I, I wish I was there to celebrate with me. You, you told um, me that. I did not realize that until you said something about it today. Yeah. So um, if you go to one of her holy wells, I got, I love to go to Kildare. Um, I've been there several times. I'm very, very fond of that place and, and those people. Uh, you will see at her holy well, there'll be little strips of cludy, and on them will be little stamped metal uh, like medallions, like little talismans. Oh. And if you think of those, like um, like the Milagros in yeah. uh, Mexico and other uh, uh, Central American countries. Mm -hmm. So if you have a hurt leg or you're praying for somebody with a hurt leg, it's going to be a little stamped metal leg that you tie to your clutie and then you tie it over saying, please, you know, give my, give my mama healing on her leg or whatever. And there's sometimes these little bottles so yeah, my my husband is drunk all the time, and I need him to you know get over it and oh, wow. get that paycheck home, and it's tied on a clutie on the tree. So it's a it's a very old folkloric tradition that that down to this very day people are doing. That's so interesting to me because of all the different reli organized religions I'm going to call them that basically <laughs> do the same thing. Yes. They call it something different, though. But, well, yeah. if you think about the idea of prayer flags and prayer wheels and cluties as prayer flags, is the idea, it, it's the same thing we have in uh, witchcraft, which is like a clockwork spell. So mm -hmm. you wind it up and you don't have to do spell 24 7, 365. And it's the same way with the prayer. So if you've got a prayer, you always want to be praying for your child who is out in the world making her way. And you put that on a clutie, then, yeah, chances are you still are going to pray for them every day. But you put it on a clutie and that prayer is just out there all the time. And when the wind blows it, it kind of shifts it around. It gets it energized again. And so that's all the same concept is that that intention that you have set, you set it in motion and then you allow the energy of the 
earth, whether it's through the weather or whatever, to uh, to invigorate it over and over and over again. It's like right. you pray it all the time. Right. I think there's something beautiful about that. There is, and there's something that formalizes the thought and the will and the action. Yeah. Because we know what a good spell is, is or an effective spell, that yes. it has thought, will, and action involved. Yep. And, and there's something about having something that is physical, something you can touch, something you can see, that kind of, to me, it, it puts it in a different place. It facilitates it. And it puts it in a place of higher respect for me because I'm ADD. I can, you know, anything can distract me. But if I have, if I have something, something that I can look at, something I can smell, something I can touch, it helps with my focus. Oh, absolutely. It does. And, and I, I think I told y'all that I cleaned off my ancestor altar a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, and and I had been not ignoring that altar exactly. And certainly during Sow and Tide, I'm there all the time. But it had just gotten so much clutter on it that I didn't really see it anymore. Mm -hmm. I was still doing my ancestor work, but that it was not a respectful uh, place mm -hmm. because I didn't give it good attention. Because that's what, uh, you know, that's what all this focusing your energy stuff is just giving good attention to something that you want to, to go in whatever way you choose for it to go. So once I clean that puppy off, it's just so pretty that every morning when I do my prayers, I sit at my, my main home altar and I just sit there so that I can look up and see that. And I yeah. smile at my ancestors and give them some coffee or whatever. It, yeah. It, it, that, that, that it makes all the difference in the world as far as I can tell. That's awesome to hear. You know, I feel like this episode has turned into practical advice. Um, practical advice from your local priestess. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Um, but that is good practical advice. Though. It and is. I guess and, and I walk that. I walk a really interesting path between this priestess clergy place, <laughs> Reverend Ballard, and this folklore you know, Auntie B, which place? And those two, sometimes mm -hmm. they, sometimes they touch each other, but often they don't. It's, it's two different, two different paths that I walk. I got one oh, foot in each world, I guess. One foot in each one of those worlds, but what, yeah, and one right. foot in a lot of the other worlds too. So how many feet do you have? But I mean, you have, you have seen the size of my feet. So yeah. they, they may just be my feet may just be able to span several paths. As That's I go. what you say. But, you know, thinking about the your genetic history, that has yeah. so much to do with the path that you're on. And, and you, that's not something that you can that you can go in and just change, you know, uh, not to mention your cultural history. Yeah. You know, and and were you did you have a lot of. Irish descent or whatever, whatever, whatever that all also comes into it. It all comes into it. It all does. It all does. Yep. yep. Very true. Uh, and But not many people want to take the time to do the work to understand what's going on. And, and let me be clear, too. I don't expect that anybody actually knows everything about what's going on. Okay. <laughs> 
but it's it's the process of learning about it that is so important in my mind and and integrating it into your life Um, the the thing that I think is most inspiring about real followers of Christ is that it's not just a Wednesday evening Sunday morning Sunday afternoon thing it is they walk their talk the real ones do. They walk, they talk, mm-hmm. and they, you know, and they are connected. I have no doubt about that in my mind. And it's it's the same way. Whatever spirituality you choose to have, whatever it is, you can go very deep into that spirituality. And you can find the deep roots that will sustain you in hard times. And you can find the connections across to other people with whom you have similar, yes, similar values and find answers. Uh, No matter what your religion is, but there's, there are far too many people and I'm going to pick on the Christians because I'm not one. So, you know, they don't care what I think probably. Well, they might, but probably not. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to pick on them, but I'm going to pick on some of my co-religionists who seem to think that, uh, that being being a pagan means to slavishly follow these written down protocols about things rather than feeling where we are in the world and feeling what's going on energetically and weather-wise and all of that. And that just feels, I, I just feel bereft for them that they don't have the kind of connection where, and somebody said this to me, I believe it was two days ago, they said, I went outside today and snowdrops were blooming and, uh, and the soil was soft and I took a deep breath and I just said to myself, today is Emil. Right now, today it is. Oh, and that's wow. how they probably always did it in, in ancient times. They, is that they, they knew that the season had changed because they could read all the subtle signs that <laughs> said, we have broken the back of winter and now from now on it's going to be a different way but not many people do that anymore they they rely on i've got a you know a fancy piece of jewelry or i've got a you know some tattoos and some piercings or whatever and and i i would just invite all of those people to go deeper and to go beyond the surface of what it means to be quote unquote pagan and really feel how your body feels as the seasons change and what that means to you internally and externally. I hear from people all the time. Sorry, I'm up on my soapbox now preaching. Hang on, everybody. <laughs> I, I hear here people we all the time. Here we go. Um, we, are, we are blessed here in the Southern Highlands because our seasons align with that wheel of the year that most pay people follow it, it aligns pretty well the weather aligns with what that's all about okay. but I, I talk to people all the time and go I'm not a farmer why should I care when it's spring or when it's harvest time why should I even care about that I want to do something 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 what does that have to do with my life well there's, <laughs> there's four pivotal holidays and those things you don't have to believe in them they happen it's two right. solstices and two equinoxes and right. they happen. And you can wrap a story around them. You can wrap a thousand stories around them. And it doesn't matter 
because they happen. They are solar right. observations. Right. And they have been it, 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 they have been proven. Yes. And they, have been, and they have been observed by humans and humanoids for Forever. we don't even know how many years, 300,000, yeah. 500. We don't even know. Long, long time. And in between those are the four agricultural markers, the time to plant, the time to tend, the time to harvest, and the time to rest. And that's what happens in between solstice equinox, solstice equinox. Well, yes, if you're a farmer, that means something to you, probably. If you're a gardener, somebody who who works with the earth. But if you are just a regular person who lives in an urban setting and and walks through the world trying to be conscious, then when you say a time to plant, doesn't that tell you this is a time for you to take some of those ideas you were considering and really give them some good intention and plant them just like you would plant a seed. So right. this year, this is the thing I'm planting. And then you're going to tend it all through that time of tending. You're going to figure out how to make that thing happen that you planted the seed for. And then, by golly, you're going to harvest it. You're going to go, see, I worked all this time, and I had a strong intention that I took care of, and now I'm going to harvest that. Now I'm going to claim that thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next piece is just getting some rest. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to believe you. You can wrap all the stories you want to around them about birth, death, rebirth, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I call that the great cycle, the cycle of birth, death, and birth and death. It's the great cycle of creation and destruction. But inside that, for many of us, is this thing we call the wheel of the year. So you don't have to slavishly go, oh, well, it's emult now, but I'm under snow and I don't feel like it's spring. Well, then maybe emult for you is the time when you look inside and rededicate yourself to whatever it is you are dedicated to. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do around it. It's not just about. Well, I'm not a gardener. Why would I, why would I care about any of that? <laughs> so I, I, I guess I want all of my co-matriots to just broaden it out and and do what feels like it's going to work and try it. And if it if it works, keep it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be so involved in the in the the details of it that you forget the reason that you're doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Zoom out a little bit and and you don't have to follow every single I mean, you should do things correctly, but you don't have to follow slavishly every single well, point. For, yeah. for example, I had said uh, last night to put your put your brat out, put out your big piece of cloth out. Mm-hmm. And somebody um, this morning, I did that on my social media. Somebody this morning said, oh, I forgot. Oh, and I said, well, put it out tonight. Well, can I put it out tonight? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Can you? Yes, of course you can. So yeah. put it out tonight. Put it out tomorrow night. Put it out. Put it out with your intention that you are gathering healing onto it. Right. It could go and- out anytime. Mm-hmm. We attach it to this time because Bridget is a healer. So we think we get extra healing juice. Right. But I mean, you can put it out anytime. Anytime somebody you know is sick, you put that out there and go, I'm getting up all that extra healing for my friend, my mom, my whatever. You know, I've been watching TV a lot. And 
been watching. There's just a lot of things out there like that Wednesday Adams thing. Uh huh. That's kind of it's kind of like Harry Potter, very much. And and there there's a look to it, an aesthetic to it, and there's a lot of this in some of the movies too that I've been watching. There's just a lot of it's like I don't know. It's almost ritualistic, but not with any feeling. It's more like they're doing it because of the instruction. Well, you have to do this. Well, why? Tradition. You know, Tradition. There we go again. <laughs> yeah, um, and and all of that. I mean, we've all done it. Remember? Well, I mean, I'm older than you are, but when we all I'm wore jeans, we all wore bell bottom jeans and t shirts, so that we would be individuals. But we were all wearing <laughs> the same uniform. That was your, you know, the, I'm a hippie chick uniform. I got tie dye and I got me some jeans on. And yeah, so you yeah. have the uniform because I'm unique. Nobody's Just like, like everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And so we all dress the same. So you go to a pagan festival and yeah, there's going to be a bunch of people in tie dye, but there's also going to be a whole bunch of people just in black from head to toe, head to toe. And I'm probably going to be one of those people because, you know, black travels well and it's slimming and all those reasons that we wear black. Uh, my mom um, was getting on to me one time. Me, my friend and I were up at her front porch and she could see that we were wearing black and it was warm weather. And she's, why do you always wear black? You know, my friend didn't bat an eye and just said, well, you know, we're bats. Uh, she was just so <laughs> surprised. Good. She was so surprised that for once she had nothing to come back with. She just went, well. <laughs> how very gothy there's a, a wonderful line from um Chekhov who I, I love his he is I just love his work mm -hmm. and this is from his play the three sisters uh there's one of the sisters is called Masha and she always wears black <laughs> and finally somebody in the play goes why are you always wearing black and she said I'm in mourning for my life <laughs> isn't that great that's awesome. Morning for my life. And she was married to a boring old school teacher and mm -hmm. her life was pretty dull, I guess. Well, y'all, you, you got the Bridget stuff today. Thank you yeah. for listening to it. I, I love I, really I love this time of year. Yeah, I love the subject matter. And I, I like watching you because I don't celebrate everything that you do. I don't observe everything that you do. But I like watching you uh, observe them. It helps me make my own decisions about things. So thanks for that, too. But listen, before we hang up, I wanted to ask you, because I know you're getting ready to go to Scotland. And I just kind of wanted to ask you if that's still coming together. And Oh, and yeah. Um, the we're, the flights are booked. The accommodation is booked. I've got to I've got to go in and choose my seats. I booked the flight so long ago that they wouldn't let me book change my uh, choose my seats. And I need to choose these. I'll do that in the next couple of days. But yeah, um, me and my friend Annie, who has uh, edited a couple of my three of my books, mm -hmm. um, she and I are going to go to Edinburgh for about it's almost two weeks. About eleven oh. days, I guess, and uh, we're going to do some side trips out from there. We're going to go up to Rosslyn Chapel. We're going to go down to Stirling Castle. I've spent a lot of time up in there and up in the borders, 
mm-hmm. doing field research for my border reaver stuff for you know the the prelude to Appalachian folkways. Yeah. So I've been there uh, for a while, a few times, and I really I love it up there. And I'm going to go see my buddy up in Kirkcaldy, Terry. And okay. I'm going to go see my buddy Mark up in Dundee. Okay. And I'm hoping to see my buddy over in Glasgow. But he's got a book coming out. Name, his name is, well, his pen name is Miles Batty. Oh. And he used to live here in North Carolina with his beautiful partner, Snooze. And they moved moved home because he had some health issues that he couldn't afford to have in the United yeah. States of America, land of the free and home of the people that don't have any health insurance. Yeah. Home so the- he moved back home to there. And so I'm hoping we'll see him, but he's got a book coming out and he's actually flying over here. Oh. I think the day before we're flying there. So I'm not sure that we're going to yeah. be able to coordinate. Anyway, we're going to go over there and see some sites and I'm going to sign do a book signing, I hope, in a bookstore. We're still trying to work that out. And um, and you and I will do some uh, uh, intercontinental ballistic podcast. Oh, cool. Intercontinental we weirdness. Yeah. yeah. If we can figure out how to do that. I think, you know, Zoom is just Zoom. Zoom is just Zoom. You're yeah. right. And I think I'm. we just have to figure out, because it's a five-hour time difference, we'll just have to figure out. When we're both awake at the same time. Well, now I, my schedule is not nearly as demanding as yours. And so I can get up or I can stay up. It doesn't matter to me, whatever works well, the best if for it's, you. If it's two o'clock in the afternoon there, it's nine o'clock here. That's not hard. Nine o'clock in the morning. That's not hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. Yeah. But, but we'll do that. And I need to also let people know that. I'm working with Renaissance Travels about doing a dun, 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 uh, leading a tour to the sacred sites of Cornwall in 2024 next year. And It'll be in July of next year. Sacred sites of Cromwell? Of Cornwall. Oh, Cornwall. Okay. Yeah. I was a little confused. I'm still a little confused, but you know. <laughs> And that's going to be, you know, all things, everything is going to be covered except, you know, you're drinking if you're a big drinker, except for your airfare. So it's really, it'd be a fun thing. And I'm going to, we're going to go to some amazing places. We're going to meet some amazing people. So I I will announce that in the next little while. If people are interested, they can travel with me. It'll be a small group, probably not more than about 18 people altogether. So we'll do a lot of dancing in stone circles and <laughs> eating shepherd's pie and drinking really good beer. That sounds stuff. amazing. It will be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. I love Cornwall so much. You're going to end up being a, a, a international uh, tour guide. Someday. Oh gosh. Wouldn't that be uh, fun? Yeah, I think it would. I mean, you started out doing those tours in Asheville, didn't you? You said 13 people for 13 and- months. Yeah, and I've done a couple of tours to uh, to Britain, to England. Have you? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I I took I did uh, New York City a couple times. Oh, I love it. It was fun. Just some one day shopping trips and stuff like that. And yeah. I was getting ready to do one to um, Gatlinburg, and this would have been probably I'd say ninety four, and I oh. ended up not. 
I didn't for some reason. I can't remember why. Um, but I ended up not doing it. But yeah, there was a time when I was seriously considering doing doing that for a living, putting together those kind of trips and taking people uh-huh. the bus trips, especially. Well, like now, one- of course, now, of course, I'm thinking, what if the Weird Mountain Gals did a bus trip to Gatlinburg? Oh, <laughs> Let's wouldn't that it. be fun? Yeah, that would be that would be an illegal amount of fun. Just about. Let yeah. me start. Let me put my brain on that. I really like that thought. I really do. Oh, you my know? gosh. Oh, I love that idea. Me, too. All right. So I will All right. now we uh, as far as I know, I don't have any business that needs to get cleared up except to tell folks that the that we are on YouTube. So for those of you who find it easier to find things on YouTube, we're there. Uh, every time an episode goes out, it goes up to the YouTube channel. So you can look for Weird Mountain Gals, W-Y-R-D, and update on the Weird Mountain song. We're waiting on a, a drummer that we're looking for to put some drum tracks and finish it out. Uh, so sometimes that happens right away, and sometimes it takes a few. A few. In this case, it's taken a few, but the drummer's worth it. Uh, and wow. then that's that song will go out. And it's, that's exciting. Uh, it is. And thank you for mentioning Selby's song, the current resonance song. That's one that we've, I enjoy Beautiful. doing that song. And, and we've been kind of throwing around some ideas about changing the ending a little bit. So on and so and forth. Can you tell us some of the dates and places that current residence is going to be playing? Well, <clears throat> at least one at least one of the next dates is kind of a private thing uh-huh and it's uh it's somewhere in tennessee i don't know and it has it's something for the veterans something uh, for the vets out bless there. you bless you yeah and then uh there's one that's kind of a it's another private thing out in tennessee and it's a memorial service mm. basically it's not the the official service but it's a a gathering and we're going to do the music to it. And I'm pretty sure, although I, I'm not swearing, but I'm pretty sure that soon after that, we're going to be on the Possum, which is a radio station out in Bristol area. And, nice. Uh, yeah, that, that'll that be fun, uh, especially the fellow who puts that on, puts that show on, has been uh, had that show for a long, long time. It's very popular in the area. His name is Kanjo. Maybe oh, Kendrick Kendrick. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know him. And I mean, I, I don't know him. He and I, I follow him on Facebook. I don't well, really know him. Kenjo is super talented himself, and he never brags or anything. But he, uh, he, we were playing. We did like a two at two hours worth of a show for him. This has been some years back, and at one point, he kind of looked and you know made a gesture asking if he could sit in and play he was in the dj booth sitting there at the board and we were over there in the recording area and he just kind of reached down and he grabbed this well-worn fiddle and he put down the most perfect fiddle part to this track it was unbelievable so he's just a he's a real talent and I'm looking forward to spending some time around him. And I hope I get to hear him play again soon. 
Uh, and yeah. I, I've, there's rumor going around that he might be on our album coming up. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds great. It's uh, unexpectedly good. Yes, it is. Uh, he's a very talented fella. And, and, um, and I know you want to get back to music because you've been away for so long. Tearing me up. It is tearing me up. Oh, and uh, Dan Dan the Mandolin Man turns 40 tomorrow. And so. Happy birthday, Dan. Yeah. And uh, Jay, Jumpin' Jay or Chafin' Jay or whatever they call him, is also has a birthday tomorrow. Both of them are fabulous musicians. This coming Saturday evening, if you want to go, there's a private party um, at a pri at a, a club, and there's going to be a nice little jam, and it's on Saturday night. Oh, uh, you know, I'm doing uh, I'm doing Emilk over at the shop on Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, that's more important. But if it if if you have the time later that night and you feel like it, and let me know, and I'll let you know. I will. I will. That's a very generous offer. Thank you. You might really enjoy it. Uh, I, I bet mean, I would. You, you know, know I always do. I would so love to see you there. I bet you would cut a rug. So I might cut a rug. I'm telling you. You might take pictures of me doing cutting a rug, or something. <laughs> I'd love to see you cutting a rug. Oh, well, I would do it. I would. But uh, yeah, I, I told you that story about bug dancing and clogging with the chamber. Yes, you have. God. We could be like, we'd be the crazy buck dancing weird mountain gals. I know. They'd, they'd love it. They'd we're, love it. Where's so, where's my piece of uh uh plywood? I'm gonna put it down here on the floor so I can dance. <laughs> you know what? You just took me back. There were about <laughs> thirteen or fourteen years ago, I took myself down to um oh Jack of the Wood. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember. I think it was maybe the Wood Brothers. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. The Wood Brothers came out and one of the Wood Brothers brought out a piece of plywood that had been cut into a perfect square uh -huh. and proceeded to dance on it throughout. Oh, yeah. oh, it was great. God, I loved it. Yeah, if I, I can find that picture, I'll send it and show you. Please do. Please do. There was a fella. Uh, one of the times I was at the Appalachian Studies Association annual conference and he was, I was in the vendor room because I donated some books and he was there setting up his stuff and he was making these perfect dancing squares and he, he'd call what kind of wood it was and you know, he'd finished all the mitered corners and all this stuff. Oh my I, thought, I thought, buddy, I mean, that's lovely, but everybody I know has just got a piece of something left over from the barn door. Well, he and they have. just, you know, they haul it out and put it down. That's what they do. <laughs> so. But, you know, it. I mean, people are fancier now than they used to be. They might need to have it all pretty. Well, yeah. It's mahogany. I'm I'm <laughs> dancing tonight on a mahogany dance board. Yes. Uh, or what about, what is the one? I think birch is the one I would carry because it's strong, but it's light. Yes. Or balsa. <laughs> balsa. <laughs> when Big you old. say. When you said that I would carry, yeah, you don't want to be carrying a big hunk of mahogany or oak or, oak or something. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. So anyway, uh, well, as far as I know, you've got all my news. Ah, uh, yeah, you like, got all mine. That's good. We haven't really had anything terrible to report. 
I'm glad. Well, I mean, unless you count getting stitches on Monday and colonoscopy on Wednesday and getting some teeth on Thursday. Nope. Stitch it out the following Monday. It's nope. that, that ain't terrible. Nope. Nope. That is what, self-care. What when, that is. when I went in today, the woman said, uh, how are you doing? And I was like, it is seven o'clock in the damn morning. I haven't eaten in 36 hours. How do you think I am? And I'm getting but, ready to have a colonoscopy. How do you know, think? But I'm instead, ready? I just said, you know, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> oh, God. Southern woman. At one point, somebody said, do you have any pain? And I just said, well, no. Just I'm, existential. I'm annoyed and uncomfortable, but yeah. no, I don't have any pain. <laughs> yeah. Tell them it's spiritual uh, pain and watch them or emotional pain. No, wait, you can't say that uh, anymore well, because then they'll, they're required to check a little further. But I you know. Can say and it's and just, some, some medication to calm my Appalachian I, ass down. I guess. But you could tell them you were in existential pain. You in any pain? Just yes. existential. <laughs> Make them really is there, a, is there a drug I can take for that or should I just <laughs> continue with the Irish whiskey? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not even going to try and answer a question like uh, that. It, it was rhetorical. You don't have to I answer. Know. I know it was. Well, boy, if this wasn't an Appalachian goodbye, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just so glad to talk to you. I really didn't think that I'd be I able know. to. And y'all, you don't understand. We don't hardly see each other anymore. I know. It's crazy. It's sad is it what is. it is. Well, I mean, we started out saying, I got your Christmas present right over here, and now it's February. You reckon I'll get it to you by Valentine's Day? Yeah, Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway. well, All right, y'all, be good. Yeah, and listen, you call her if you need anything, okay? I am around. Hey, thanks. You too. You too. All and right. Tell, tell your mama I said hello. I She's will. still my hero. Oh, shit. All right, She's I'll always going to be my hero. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her that. No, you tell her that. It'll be good for her. It All won't right. give her the big head. It won't no. give her the big head because she don't know me. No. She'd be like, oh, that friend of yours? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, she wouldn't. She'd say, well, thank you. So well, I'll tell her. Well, that, wasn't that sweet of her? That's that something like that. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. I'll see you later. Bye, Alicia. See you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.